Welcome back. Podcast for two people yet again. Brent, how are you? You know I'm doing pretty well, Tyler. It's good. I'm it's good shit. Healthy. Yeah, same. Uh, no cough, no shortness of breath, no shit in my pants. I go to like two places, work and then here. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, maybe the store. I think same, honestly. Honestly. Yeah, uh, there's also only two places that Lady Snowblood, the uh, protagonist of the film that today's episode is about, goes as well. Revenge Town? Revenge Town and the dojo. Yeah. To hone the blade. And otherwise she's just walking around town looking cool. Yeah, with her umbrella. Eller. Being mysterious. A, 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 A. Snowblood. A. So, yeah. Snow, uh, Lady Snowblood. Yeah, we watched the film Lady Snowblood. Fucking uh, fantastic. Directed, released in 1973, based off the Lady Snowblood manga by a, uh, was a Kazuo... Koike. Yeah. If I pronounce that wrong, I will embarrass myself even further because oh, I'm bad. Oh. <laughs> Everyone will point and laugh at you. Yeah. But yeah, this manga, uh, like most, was published in a weekly or bi-weekly. Uh, I don't think we were able to find out uh, when it, like, how often this was uh, coming out. But it was actually in the Japanese uh, Shuisha Playboy. And it ran from uh, 1972 to 1973. I think it had a run on Dark Horse, too, in, like, the 2000s. I could see that. Dark Horse will pick up some of the coolest shit and some of the goofiest shit. They really that's don't care. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's why they exist. But, yeah, um, the sequel, Song of Vengeance, uh, came out a year later. Uh, which we apparently watched at some point, but neither of us remember... I remember being nary, drunk on revenge. We might have been on something. Yeah. We might have been drinking, but like... Drinking? I think we just weren't paying attention, and plus I, I don't remember the second one being nearly as engaging as the first. But yeah. you know what? You can watch them back-to-back if you wish, if you get the Criterion version, which... I have because I'm a fancy I'm a fancy film boy. I love love my fancy films and the Criterion. Well, I love to feel fancy. It, it's it's really worth it. The things oh, yeah. that they actually they, they throw do, in there. They do a lot. They do a lot of good stuff. Um, forgot to say it's directed by uh, Toshia Fujita. Yeah. Who, besides this, I really I am not at all familiar with any more of his work. No. In fact, I mean, like, before you brought Lady Snowblood to my attention, I I had no idea that it existed, didn't know anything about Fujita, um, or, you know, by the lead actress, uh, Maiko Kaji, uh, for that matter, nothing whatsoever. And uh, I feel like my life is a lot better uh, knowing that this film exists and having watched it, honestly. Um... So we're just going to kind of tell you a little bit about what this film is. It is uh, an odyssey of revenge. Uh, it is mystical. down yes. generations. <laughs> At least one generation. Transgenerational revenge. Yeah. Um, very violent. Incredibly. Uh, yeah. Violence is poetry. Is kind of what came to mind. And it's just fun, Jan. <laughs> it's so much fun, Jan. Get it. 
<laughs> As uh, Quentin Tarantino said in 2003 or four, promoting Kill Bill, which you'll notice if you watch this movie or look at anything uh, having related uh, related to Lady Snowblood. Yeah, like Quentin Tarantino is watching this and taking notes. Yeah, and then brought us Kill Bill. And by uh, notes, I mean just writing down the entire script and screenplay. Yeah, and like when we were we were we were kind of like getting our notes together before we started recording this, yeah. and I, I I looked at like the cover for the manga, and it's it's basically just the Kill the movie Bill poster, the movie poster, yes, yep. and the DVD case and the Blu-ray case, yes, all the colors, everything, uh, even the red detail which is the, on the Kill Bill case. Which I want to say blood. the Lady Snowblood, yeah, uh, lettering mm-hmm. was like the same besides like the kanji, yeah, and it's like. He he does not go out on a he does not go out and say specifically that Kill Bill is a one hundred percent his own idea thing. He in fact says in the interview that you just referenced that he was inspired by or the wrote, films he watched as a kid. Yeah, and yeah, didn't, and didn't turn out violent. Right. Yeah, and um, the thing is though is that uh, to be quite honest, part of me feels like too much of that film, uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, is torn straight from Lady Snowblood. It's like he turned Lady Snowblood into the Hobbit movies. At least, like, he, a lot, like, aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, and they're obviously, they're, they're different stories. This They're yeah. loose. I mean, they're mostly similar because of, like, revenge plots and, like, yep. uh, femme fatale lead. Yeah, and then, like, uh, the stylized portions, the um, kind of... Uh, kind of freeze frame shots that we get of the perpetrators that Lady Snowblood is going to be taking her revenge out on. Uh, the kind of um, shots that we get of blood kind of splattering against, you know, white, uh, things of that nature. The the protagonist just becoming drenched in blood. A lot of uh, cut limbs, things of that nature. And as Ty like to say, the blood is like Argento blood. And it really it's is. It's a paint. bright red paint. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't have looked as good if it was more realistic looking, honestly. Yeah. A lot of times I'll see movies and they'll have like shitty blood. It's like, oh, that's, that, that looks bad. Yeah, exactly. But it's like works. Yeah. It really does. It it fits with... Like, it might not have been a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, this, this is blood. This is what we use for blood. Yeah, and it's... Spray it's, it everywhere. It's a Japanese pulpy samurai-ish film. Um, so, like, I mean, there are quick slashes, there are stabs, etc. Delayed and of course, yeah. arterial splash. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> just it. It's like, we're talking, like, literal gouts and fountains of blood. There's a lot of blood in this movie, folks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, lots of screaming and slow dying. Yeah. Uh, and so we get to see a lot of of just this big, bright red, uh, kind of, like, shocking color of blood. Hands being chopped across the room. Yeah, dude, it's fucking sick. Yeah. It's great. A body being halved. That is one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. Um, because I, I, it looked like... In the original cut of the film, that's a pun, uh, <laughs> there was a, a very visible cut in the uh, in, in like the actual scene where it's like, here's the person, here's the dummy. You know what I mean? But in in this in this uh, kind of uh, I, I guess um, iteration of the film, this Criterion Collection, perhaps they clean that up because it looks maybe it's solid. always a dummy. 
Maybe it was always a dummy. Maybe and I'm the fucking dummy. I mean, you'd have to be a dummy not to enjoy this movie. Right. And uh, so, like, let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about why we follow Lady Snowblood. What her what her mission is. What what makes up the meat of the film. Uh, revenge and vengeance. Yeah. And she's uh, Asura, a demon born and taking on a human form. Yeah. So, born they, of so she's been told. Yeah. Um, time and time again. Yeah. And then, yeah, she learns, she studies the blade. Mm-hmm. She studies the pickpocketing. Yep. And then uh, she, she's an assassin for hire, and then eventually she's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I think it's time to, I think it's time to go on my revenge, my, my revenge arc. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, she, she is an exceptional killer. Yeah. <laughs> she chaps up a lot of people. And I, I think, uh, I think the first scene you see her actually fuck shit up. Uh, you learn she's not doing it just to be cold hearted. Yeah. That first, um, uh, that, the first target she takes down, who's like, mm-hmm. Hey, who are you? And like, he's like revenge. She's like, for what? It's like for all the innocent people that you fucked over. Yeah. So it's you like piece of shit. A sense of justice. Yeah, self righteous justice. Yeah, which I mean, maybe you don't abide by the violence, but you you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll accept it. Yeah, I mean, I did. I think <laughs> I think that she's she's a really good protagonist, and one of the things that I really enjoyed was that um, she's not sexualized. She's cold and removed and focused. For the entirety of the film, start to finish. Um, the only times where we see any sort of uh, difference in her demeanor is when we have flashbacks of her as a child being trained by her, uh, her I guess, teacher, Sensei. whatever, sensei, teacher, man. Old guy. Bell ringing fella. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, he likes ringing bells and rolling kids in barrels. Yeah, and he's good he's at He's all out of, of bells. <laughs> yeah. He's all out of bells, uh, much like my character in Animal Crossing. But, <laughs> Are you uh, going to foreclose on you? <laughs> Nook's going to steal my island back. But yeah, so her her mom was traveling to a new uh, town where her husband was going to be a kindergarten or elementary school teacher. Yeah. Uh, they were with their son. Who looks like he's just a young lad on a nice picnic afternoon with his wife yep uh he the husband happened to be wearing white which fit the description for conscriptors uh, basically yep for for the japanese army for the draft um this is kind of taking place in the very early uh 1900s i want to say uh, i know that like it Mado, is Mado, Mado era uh um my uh <laughs> <laughs> Meiji. Yep, there you go. Yep, that's it. Sorry, I was yep. having a brain fart. So you're the Japan guy, Tyler? Yeah, the Meiji era. Um, so yes, we we do have revolvers, uh, things like that, but there are still errant samurai, uh, ronin, and uh, a lot of squalor in various peasant villages all over Japan. Um you know, we're not we're not seeing any any metal structures at this point. And we're not seeing any Tom Cruise either. Yeah, no, not yet. Uh, that comes just a actually just a tad later. Um, but yeah, so it's it's not out of the ordinary to see a man walking about town 
with his katana or wakizashi or both uh, on his hip, uh, probably working for a nobleman still. Uh, so when people see Lady Snowblood kind of walking the street in a very elegant getup with her umbrella, uh, she appears to be a noble woman, typically, which uh, kind of grabs the attention of everyone, which is kind of one of those uh, kind of fun things where her her appearance is... Unassuming. Unassuming and completely disarming. And then also, like, sinister. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you actually watch her draw her blade from her umbrella, which is actually another fun thing, uh, directly uh, kind of an inspiration to Soul Calibur's character that only survived two games, Setsuka, who used a blade hidden in umbrella with the uh, Aijutsu kind of uh, technique of oh yeah draw, draw attack. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's a... Uh, it's something that I really like to see, you know, this kind of um, unique style of character. She got all sorts of ninja gadgets. Yeah, like yeah, and smoke cunning. bomb like hairpins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just kind of uh, planning for the anything to happen, which is pretty fun. The only um, rule she has is no rules. Yeah, literally, uh, revenge at all costs, <laughs> even if it means you know uh, harm to myself. Uh, so yeah, she's essentially just trying to track down these four individuals that had um, kind of put together a racket of sorts where they were uh, swindling all these peasants out of their money and then causing all this uh, undue unrest and chaos uh, throughout all these peasant villages where they were going and saying, hey guys, if you pay us, I want to say it was about 240 yen a piece. 270. 270, 270 yen a piece, you can actually get out of the draft. You can dodge the draft, which was obviously not correct. Uh, this caused... A bunch of grifters. Yep, this was all during the uh, blood tax riots. Um, which which historically, believe, is that a thing? I believe so, I mean, yes. I believe, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. Yeah, uh, I believe that would have been 1873. It was 73, yeah. When... 1873. Um, but yeah, so they, they also kind of uh, helped aid in the chaos and paranoia at the time uh, with these, you know, conscriptors and white coming and taking people away from villages, uh, which would then, of course, starve out everyone else in the village. So nobody was up, uh, you know ready for that um so when lady snowblood's mother and uh her husband and i say it like that because lady snowblood at this time is not born um kind of arrive into this town or village the husband is cut down viciously by three men as the wife is held back by a uh, fourth person this kind of uh terrifying ohana. and sinister yeah okono that was like ohana or something yeah means family <laughs> um but uh yeah so like these these four terrible individuals that have been kind of cutting all the profits uh from stealing from everybody murder her husband viciously and then bash her son's brains in and leave him like over by a creek uh she tracks down one of them kills him after seducing him i believe well yes yeah, i'm not sure what they did with her but they they like they kind of took turns at her, so I mean, the, yeah. you know, you maybe you don't want to see that. Right, yeah, there's there's a well, bit it, of that here and there. Um, 
And yeah, and then she yeah she kills one of them by you know pretending to sleep with him. Yep, stabs him straight through the back and, and then in the throat and chest. Goes to prison for life. Yep, where she just starts trying to bang everybody she can so she can yep. have a kid, which is a pretty strange plot point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know it's in there. It's it's in there. And then and then thus gives birth to Yuki. Yep. Which, I mean, I guess we kind of have to remember the source material. This was being published in, in a Playboy. So where's... where's You the... know, I guess I don't know anything about Japanese Playboy. Like, I don't know if right. it's Playboy the way we perceive Playboy. Right. Or if that's just like, you know, like the term could, Playboy. Could be something that like, you know, a couple of... That's uh, for cool kids. Yeah. Yeah. A couple issues and they're like, <sighs> where's the sex? And they're like, yeah. oh, God, fucking damn it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so she fucks. You think I mean it for the articles, honey? Show me, your, show me what you're working with. So she does, and she has a kid, but she dies in childbirth because she's in a fucking prison when she gives birth to Yuki. Who's also a demon. Yep. And then she's like, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to carry on my grudge. You're going to uh, commit the vengeance. That's right. your life's mission now. Yes. And then you find out later that she remembers being born vividly. Yep. She's like, okay, yep, I understand. Yeah, like remembers the faces of all the women that helped deliver her. Yeah, and like the uh, the snow, uh, which outside was red. the prison. Yeah, outside the prison, which was red, red snow blood. Do you get it? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> but oh. yeah, I mean that's that's how the, that's what the story is based on. And then and then you know she carves a. Every chapter is kind of different in tone. Yep. There's there's four four or five chapters. Four, I believe the fourth one is like no, there's like the final cut cutting but there's like two introductions to chapter four I think yeah a- anyways yeah chapter four is it's I don't like want re- to just two. like recap the whole movie but yeah like, yeah every every there's like a different kind of arc in every story sort of yes yep in which she's hunting down one of the individuals. So you could you could say it's uh you know chapter one, uh Veronica, Green or whatever the fuck her name was, Copperhead. Copperhead, Cottonmouth, California Mountain Snake, Sidewinder. Should have been the black fucking mamba. So uh, other fun uh, parallel, uh, which honestly is probably Tarantino's idea of a tip of the hat to the film uh Maiko had actually sung uh the song that is sort of kind of uh the titular theme for Lady Snowblood um Crimson Flower which plays at a few different times in the film uh at some iconic moments that song is also played in volume one and two of Kill Bill Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Bill. Kill Bill. Kill Bill Bill at uh, at a couple different times. Um, So that's kind of fun, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that? Yeah. So obviously we've drawn the parallels. We've told you uh, a bit about the movie. I don't think that we really need to give you any more details. You're you're going in for blood. You're going in for a good time. You're going in for a revenge story. It's it's told stylistically. Yes. Non-linearly, but it's also pretty straightforward. Yeah. You're going to hop back and kind of like see where her resolve comes from, where she got her training and and stuff like that just to kind of understand like 
I feel like it's almost to dissuade the audience from feeling like she has a, like, preternatural fucking physical ability or, you know, supernatural force in combat. You know, like, how is she so quick? How did she read her opponent's movements? So She's on really so good. She's really fucking good. She's just good at it. And cunning, which is which She's is paid fun. for it. Exactly. So... That's that's kind of the synopsis of the film. And also, uh, I would like to talk about the ending real quick. So, yeah, yeah. spoilers, if if you're really that worried about it. Yeah, skip ahead, like, I don't know, a minute. But, uh, so she finds the last guy who is, uh, who was originally thought to be dead. Yeah. Until, like, the final act of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of bringing the Faked pulpy aspect. death, if I remember right. Yeah. And then um, she chases him down to a ball, which she's holding, who's also happens to be the father of a writer who she's befriended. Yep. And uh, she's mentioned, uh, it's mentioned early on in the movie that yeah. uh, we're under the influence of karma before we even enter this world. Yeah, that's a good line. And then, so after, I guess I won't spoil it too much, after she kills the guy finally, mm-hmm. the real one, not the double, Yeah. Um, the writer is appearing to be dead. He got shot like four times. Yeah. And then she stabbed through him to kill him. Yeah. And then um, she also took a bullet in the process. And then gets stabbed. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's walking away, and then she gets stabbed by the daughter of the first guy in the plot, in the revenge plot. So it's like, I don't know if it's like trying to say, you know, it's like it all kind of comes back around. Because karma. Yeah, like, like, kind of a statement on revenge. Right. It's like, you you can, it'll just The old proverb of, if you're going for revenge, dig two graves. Yeah. But then she kind of just, like, laughs at it. Yep. Which is like... I guess it's like, she she gets it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like that kind of uh, proves to further the character of Lady Snow until she just kind of walks around for a bit and then just kind of lays in this blood snow. Yep, and just kind of screams it out. Yeah, and that's how the movie ends. Yeah, and it's it's really good. I think in in that <laughs> regard, I didn't want to have a freeze frame of her walking, you know, or you know truly see her die or you know any, and also weird thing i mentioned nature. the writer died yeah but i'm also pretty sure he's in the second movie right but we can't remember anything <laughs> so we cannot be trusted maybe we'll Trust watch that only another, your maybe 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 we'll do that movie too yeah i feel like we should just to like closure right and again like that that second movie is uh also in the criterion collection what else what else do you did you get uh as far as the additions go, like what having the Criterion Collection, we have uh, the the pamphlet inside. Oh it's yeah. a poster on one side. Yeah, it's like a poster, and then there's like a essay by uh, oh, an essay by critic Howard Hampton. Oh, uh, nice. Entitled. Let me open it up. Flowers of Carnage. Ah. And yeah, I'll give you notes about like the transfer and like the kind of what they did to restore it if it needed it and you know how they got onto the blu-ray disc blu-ray yeah. blu-ray boo boo bear blu-ray yeah you got you got two movies and one disc um, i remember being drawn to it because i think i follow 
I think it was like following Criterion on Facebook when they were kind of promoting the release of it back in 2016. Yeah. Um, it was yeah a scene from I think the second movie, where she's just kind of walking down the street and it's like one long continuous tracking shot. Yeah. Following her where she's just like, chopping down would be a sailors. Yeah. Like so it's there's a there's. I almost. I feel like it's the only scene that I remember. Yeah. Because I don't remember seeing it in the first movie. Right. So I could u- I could have used more long fights, but I really like action, and I really like samurai action. Um, the uh, the the courtyard scene for me. Yeah. In the first one is is really really fucking awesome. I was kind of hoping there would be more carnage at the ball in the end, but yeah. You know, right. That's all right. It was it was more or less quiet, which is weird. Um, like, it goes out with a whimper instead of a bang, regardless of how many gunshots were fired. <laughs> um, the other things that you can kind of get with the Criterion Collection, there's several interviews. There's obviously the uh, the trailers. Um, I didn't notice any deleted scenes. No, at least not in the first for the first movie. Yeah, it, I wouldn't I imagine assume... they don't really have access to any of that. Yes, that's kind of like, what I was thinking. I feel like Japanese movies... At least a lot of these movie, like movies like this, they were shot really fucking quick. Yeah, we're talking fairly low budget, uh, quick production schedule. I think just to get movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. To like you know, make the monies. Yeah, and uh, overall, regardless of how quick it, how quickly it was shot, or uh, the overall budget, the visuals are fucking striking. Yeah, you know we're talking. It's a, it's a it's a really nice film to look at. Yeah, we're talking like eye popping red against snow white surfaces most of the time, and uh, you know the clothes being slashed with these arterial sprays, like sick ass title card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cool random like illustrated uh, flashback. Oh, I love those. Yeah, where they're essentially these like uh, Sumier paintings. A good way to um save money. Yeah. By, you know, you're not filming it, you can just you and can, it's, you know, illustrate and it's it. Really really effective. As long as it looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh so you know like you they they kind of give you that brief uh historical um kind of backstory to what's going on around Japan at the time <laughs> in these uh, not-quite-Sumier-style ink paintings uh, kind of showing peasant revolts and stuff like that. Uh, which is just, it's, it, it really works. It sets a tone. And um, the, the, the movie continuously just kind of carries that through the whole thing, which is just really nice. It's uh, it's elegant and, like I said, visually striking uh, in pretty much every scene. Uh, the use of colors was just so careful and well-chosen uh, from the costumes to where the blood splatter ended. You know, uh, Lady Snowblood herself, uh, makeup to be, though not heavily, not super heavily that you can like really tell... Uh, like she be I, looking pretty pale, though. She's pretty fucking pale, and it's really cool seeing her standing next to, say, other female characters because you can see that stark contrast, and you know that that's the way she looks be- 
because one, they don't want they want her to see seem uh, otherworldly, you know, not necessarily human, um, but also makes that blood show up a lot brighter, you know, and uh, the way it sprays her, it's not just literally dumping a Kool-Aid barrel on her head. It's these, it's just like a fine mist. It's almost like someone turned a little squirt gun on mist and missed her face with blood. It's really good looking every time. Every time. Yeah. And uh, then her umbrellas, her umbrellas are really cool. Uh, every time that she unsheaths that blade, you're like, oh, shit. So, yeah, you want to get fucked up? Yeah. Um, you to get fucked up? The acting in these scenes is stupendous. Uh, you know, every time they're, like, completely taken aback, off guard, when she unsheaths from her umbrella. Um, you know, really just kind of giving you an iconic feel for the character. So I feel like a lot of those things were were really great uh, choices as far as you know uh, Toshia goes. So yeah, I I loved every bit of this. <laughs> yeah, it's some it's some it's some good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kick ass, kick ass. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say, you know. Right. Um, I guess uh, kind of talking about some of my favorite scenes, I already kind of brought up the, the courtyard scene uh, where she kind of, um, again, constantly using her cunning to disarm uh, her foes by kind of twisting that umbrella and having it kind of spiral and float down into the courtyard as they're kind of like, what the fuck? Where did this umbrella come from? And they look up and she's just like crouched already <laughs> in the courtyard up on that, like, kind of uh, awning. Yeah. And uh, just... Like surprise, bitch. Yeah, just, like, leaps down elegantly and then proceeds to butcher every man inside that uh, that whole house. Um, just going after one single target and just doesn't stop. Um, the noises are the same noises that you would... You know, the, the same squelching noises, I'd call them. Uh, that you've heard in every other samurai film. Slash dot wave. Slash dot wave. Wav. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I would say, as far as why you should watch it, it's iconic. Because it's so much fun, Jan. <laughs> Get it. Yeah, um, I feel like watching this is will give you one of those happy sensations where you're like... I recognize So that's that. where all of that came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to see the progenitor of a lot of uh, media is, is always really fun. I mean, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's a really fantastically well-made film. Yeah. What more do you uh, want? Yeah, huh? exactly. Uh, What's if... the matter with that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's also another one of those fucking films where... Uh, you know, if, if you like kung fu, old school kung fu movies, if you like old school samurai movies, if you like ninja movies or just action flicks, revengeances, yeah, uh, it's pretty much top tier in all of those things. The only thing that, uh, that I think Brent, you, you had actually mentioned this that might dissuade people is it's, 
it's linear, but at the same time, kind of blocky. It jumps around a lot, which I'm kind of of two minds about. Yeah. I feel like it uh, it jumps back, but mostly it's it's it doesn't waste time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't waste time. Is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, all right, cool. You saw that. Now we're back to this. Oh shit! Now we gotta tell you about this. Yep. Okay, cool. Back to our tale, and then like, yeah. Which I mean, it's cool. It's stylized. I mean, just sit back and take it. Yeah. Like you, I mean, it's it's worth it. I agree. And I just I don't know. I'm 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 I've been uh, too accustomed to much um slower <laughs> yeah uh meditative films that, that take it this has been a shock of the thing. system coming back mm-hmm. to it yeah no, it's, it's not it's look not bad now look at this but I mean one of the criticisms I think with that recent Witcher show is that it jumps mm. around a lot a lot so you can't quite tell when it it's is. kind of one of my uh, problems with like Game of Thrones. Yes. I mean, I realize there's, like, a hundred characters they have to get in in, like, each yeah. episode. Yeah. But it's like, could we just have, like, a, a fucking Arya episode? Right. That's a whole just episode? It. Yeah. Just for, like, just maybe, like, one episode out of the season and then and then do another jump around or, like... I know that's a... The show's over and nobody gives a fuck anymore. Right. But, like... But what happens I gotta when go 10,000 people scream about not seeing Jon Snow? Yeah. Where's my Sansa? Yeah. You, it... I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, this is a different discussion, but yeah, it seems like you're trying to please a lot of people, mm-hmm. but then in turn just kind of end up annoying Yeah, all those same people. It rides a fine line, Lady Snowblood, because I, I feel like it, like you said, accurately kind of um, jumps around without like, can you imagine giving you nausea. Can you imagine if there was like a three hour cut of the movie where like the first like hour... Maybe hour and a half. The movie is like uh, Yuki's mother, yeah, and and uh, father, yeah, and then like following her mother's revenge plot mm-hmm. until she finally like gives birth, and then it just follows her, yeah, when she gets older and gets trained, and then and then you know the last hour <laughs> yeah. or could you imagine? Hey, I don't know if it, it probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't work very right. Like it wouldn't. No. Work. It'd be a lot. It'd be a very very yeah. different movie. And see, that's just it. Is it like that's actually pretty much the formula that a lot of, uh, say, like Chinese old school kung fu movies follow. I mean, you could probably cut the movie so that it's like chronological. But like, yeah. why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't think it's necessary, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. For one, and two, um, it it creates a different flavor. Uh, of the movie like old school kung fu movies not exactly for everyone i mean you need a flashback to show like this is what they're getting revenge for yeah yeah. this is what's motivating the characters yeah like look at uh 36 chambers or uh one that i'm really really familiar with is uh the flying guillotine um where you know like we're following one group of people who do a thing and then all of a sudden we're following the antagonist training all these new main characters, how to use the flying guillotine. And we're watching them for like 40 fucking minutes. And then uh, they go after one of the previous main characters who we know is a good guy, just farming, living his life with like a a wife and child. And then he gets assailed. And by that time, you don't know who the fuck you're rooting for, (laughs) who the bad person is. And uh, it's like literally like five to 10 years actually pass in the film without you necessarily knowing. And there's just a whole bunch of quick cuts of 
training and getting better and so on and so forth. And then here's some action. Here's some goofy um, exposition between some characters, a uh, goofy bar scene, you know, shit like that. And it just kind of hops back and forth, hops back and forth. And then by the end of it, you're kind of like, I don't know who was right, who was wrong. This stuff just happened. This stuff happened. But I had an okay time watching it because it was cool looking. <laughs> yeah. And that's a kung fu movie. You know? So, like, Lady Snowblood is like, Lady Snowblood, Yuki, is a fucking badass. And I can pick out the different things that she did, uh, watching her learn it, and remembering fine details like, oh, yeah, she was born of wrath. She's an Asura. You know? So, I feel like in that, it's more impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll obviously never forget my old school kung fu movies because I love them so much. But I feel like it has more impact than those other movies, for sure. And as far as, like, other um, kind of samurai movies goes, um, seen quite a few. Uh, it's definitely up on my list, along with, like, Yojimbo, Sanjuro, um, 13 Assassins, um yeah, there's 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 a bevy of samurai films, and uh, if you like samurai films, you need to watch this because I feel like it will kind of push some of them further down your list. Yeah, it it was lacking in a scene where she uh, is running in a hallway, but then the floor drops and then she stops, yeah, and then tries to jump and grab the monkey bars, but yeah. it turns out they're electrified, and then she falls into a pit. It has a it has a goon. It has multiple goon shoots. Yeah, goon shoots, dude. I'd oh man, I miss Wolf. Throw back guy. to Wolf Guy. Yeah, I miss Wolf Guy. You should listen to our episode on Wolf Guy and Why don't then you do that? watch the movie Wolf Guy. <laughs> uh, especially if this didn't sate your thirst for Ultimate Pulp. There's yeah. also Wolf Girl. There is. Oh man, she was great. There's a Wolf Cop. Yeah, Wolf Cop. That's a different movie. I watched that movie actually like a month after we watched Wolf Guy. That's fun. That's a fun movie. <laughs> That's a fun movie. Yeah, there's like multiple wolf cops. There's another wolf cop. Yeah. Anyways, I think I said my piece. Yeah. What did you get out of this film, dude? Yeah, pretty much what I was hoping to get when I saw that one scene. Just a fucking a really cool. Lady fucking shit up. Yeah. Chopping up shitty dudes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's got that, and it's got a... In, like, spades, mind I you. I like the cool gambling scenes. Dude, those were actually kind of one of my favorite things, too. Yeah, where she's kind of, like, blending in, doing undercover shit. Yeah. I could have watched more of that. More intrigue. Yeah, more intrigue. Just kind of more of the assassin And, and not so much, like, things. an account of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. I like it, but all all the good parts are there in equal bits. I mm-hmm. think. So, um, of that, would you say that like the intrigue and kind of uh, overall equal bits of it were what you liked most about it? I mean, obviously, you you watched the movie because you want to see the bloods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I guess I. 
And again, we'll have to rewatch, actually sit and like clockwork orange our eyeballs. Yeah, smiling, drinking milk the whole time. <laughs> and then watch um, Song of Vengeance, the sequel. Yeah. And then, you know, Ludwig Van will be on. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I would like to see maybe a more like contained, uh, it's a lot of time passes. Yes. Like she goes to that Matsuman guy. Yeah. To like put out feelers. To kind of mm-hmm. track down all of our targets. Yeah. And then, like, a year goes by. What was going on in that year? And she's just, right. like, chilling? Right. I mean, honestly, it, it wasn't, like, relevant to the story, but, like, you know. It's just kind of funny that it's, like, so a year later. Maybe it can be adapted into a shitty TV series by TNT. Oh, uh, yeah. This like is the fear, point. Fear the, fear the Lady Snowblood. <laughs> no, there's a Snowpiercer show on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I made a joke fear, about fear that. Fear the Snowpiercer? I, I believe I made a joke about that, uh, saying that at the end, I believe they zoomed out so that you could see that there were multiple trains going, and I came up with dumb names for other trains, like Slush Musher, <laughs> and he reminded me of the game that made me shit my pants laughing called uh, Mud Runner. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, the sleet sniffer. I don't like. I don't. Uh, any, any anything like what would I want out of it is just like fantasy yeah. stuff. But like I really don't. Oh, yeah, I don't same. begrudge what's there. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I feel like I should always reiterate that whenever you ask me that in these right. episodes. Oh, also one quick odd note mm-hmm. during the training. Yeah, see, oh. looks like on your notes here. Like, what did we not like as much? Yeah, I could do without the child nudity. Yeah, and I'll, it's I'll quick, say and it's it's weird. quick. It's not like sexualized, but it's there. Yeah, and, you know, it's like I could I it could do without seeing be. that. It really doesn't. I could do without be. the rape scenes, even though they're not super graphic. Yeah, it's it's more like implied. Yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, plus minus, take it or leave it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I other than that, you know, it's it's a still fucking sick ass movie. Right. Like uh, I I feel like this story could have much remained the same. You know what I mean? Without those. At least um, there's no uh, animal cruelty in it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, like people burning to death screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like other other really, uh, really horrific things to watch. Um, I guess kind of bringing it back, walking away from, from those kind of negative uh, points and aspects... Uh, if I could really have anything as far as Lady Snowblood goes, I would like to see it in a more modern kind of take with um, kind of like less cheese, uh, a little bit cleaner on the uh, kind of um, the angles, the production, uh, the acting. You know, you could go self-aware with it and maybe gain another yeah, so layer you, yeah. to the cake. I, I think... Either go very straightforward. Yep. Like cleaner cut. Or just like Ricky O levels of absurdity. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, have the final uh, target turn into a fucking monster. Yeah. Or like cut across into someone's belly and then like uppercut their organs out their fucking mouth. And then throw them into a, a meat grinder. Yeah. Oh, man, it was really good though. We haven't covered Ricky O yet. No, no, that's coming. That's that's fucking coming. Um, and yeah, uh, but uh, it, it, again, anything in the world, uh, nothing outside the possibilities. I really liked Maiko as uh, Yuki. And 
I would give anything to to see a higher quality production done of Lady Snowblood, but with Maiko because she gave such a stunning fucking performance. Could you imagine if they passed the man on to somebody else and then she played the mother? That would be that would be cool too. That would be cool too. It seems like a logical choice, right? Which which is something that typically happens when we see a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess uh, I can't really let it go. I do want one other one other stab it's just like tarantino made kill bill which was a very obvious inspiration of from this among many other movies i'm sure yeah however yeah like enter the dragon obviously yellow jumpsuit shogun assassin shogun assassin yeah um it just kind of after watching Lady Snowblood, I'm kind of it, it almost marred my idea of Kill Bill. Okay, which over the years has already somewhat degraded, <laughs> as I've seen better films. You know what I mean? Uh, but it almost feels like all right, cool. Here's Lady Snowblood, but what if she was white, and also this other shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. He just kind of mixed a whole bunch of characters together, uh, put them in a cup, and then fucking... I just mixed it up, okay? Yeah. yeah it just kind of... Uh... So, yeah, I mean... Uh, no disrespect, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I guess it's always kind of been his thing. Yeah. Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood's cool. I, yeah. I, I heard it from you. I, I like your things that you show me. So, I trust that. I'll see it sometime. I hear Bruce Lee's in it, and they kind of make him uh, make him a bit of an asshole. I'll tell you more about after the episode. Yeah, perfect. Speaking of after the episode, I think that's where we're at, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening again. Uh, Lady Snowblood is a, just a fucking visually striking film. Uh, it's our second time seeing it. Liked it just as much as the first, and I'm sure I'll like it just as much the third time I see it. Uh, I really hope that all two of you out there end up uh, checking out as well. Uh, I don't know. I guess drop us a line somewhere. Let us know if you end up checking it out. And uh, thanks for listening so much. Yeah. Goodbye. Stay well. Don't get your blood spilled. No, don't do that. Don't spill your beans! Don't uh, don't pay yen to shady-ass blood taxers. Bye. Tomurai no Yuki ga furu Agure inu no Toboe Geta no Otokishimu Inga na omosa Mitsumete aruku Yami o takishimeru じゃのめの傘一つ命の道を行く女涙は遠に捨てました